0: You wouldn't be here if he hadn't been good, amen? Would have stopped serving a long time ago if it wasn't good, it? amen? And he's been good, he's good. Life's not always good, but God is good, isn't that right? My fellow human being's not always good, but God is good. And because he's good, I've got comfort, because he's good. I've got a place to rest my head at night, even when everything around me is kind of struggling and kind of dark. There is a place that we can go. And find peace in the midst of every storm. There is a person that we can call on and receive exactly what we need for that particular situation. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Amen? If you have your Bibles, if you go to Acts 16, Acts 16, that's where we're going to wind up. We finished that series on trust. We were there for a few months. And now before we get into another long series, we're going to have a shorter series. And most of you are with us on Sunday mornings and you know we've been preaching through the book of Philippians now for, I don't know, 20 some odd sermons at least. And we're preaching through that book. So we're going to take some time going to the book of Acts and looking at the background and the birth of that church. We've enjoyed reading Paul's short little letter to that church at Philippi. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Amen. Amen. It's a little book, but joy, at least 16 times joy rejoices in that book. And he writes it from a Roman house arrest. He's in prison. Can you imagine that? And he's writing about joy. Amen. What a, what a man. What a man this Paul was. But we want to learn some things by going back. How was that church founded? You know, many times I, I love biographies. I like to know how they got there. I like to know what they went through to get there. And so many times we see the finished product, but we don't go back and see what did it take? to establish that. And so we're going to do that. We're going to look at the background and the birth of the church at Philippi. The background and the birth at the church of Philippi. Now, the Philippi was um, named after Alexander the Great's daddy, Philip II, Philip II. But, um, and the letter was written about 10 years. This letter is about 10 years after the incidents we're going to study in these next few weeks. And like we said, it's a, it's a um, teaching about joy in the midst, joy in the midst. And we're going to see it was birthed with joy in the midst of trouble. And so you can see why Paul would write that. But we want to look and glean at how it was established. So let's first go through our outlines. I just want to walk you through the outline and then we'll settle in. The background and birth of the church. Number one, we're going to see as we study the background of the church of Philippi that at times it takes effort to discern the will of God. At times it takes effort to discern the will the will of God. Spiritual effort, we're going to see, is a requirement for those that want God's best. Spiritual effort is a requirement for those that want God's best. It doesn't just come because you're a believer. There's something on our end that we have to do to enjoy and enter into God's best. We're going to see this. We're going to see this. Roman numeral two, we're going to see that even when we discern and obey God's will, opposition is a reality. So even after we go through and finally find the will of God and we know that we know this is God's will, that doesn't mean it's going to be a 30-minute sitcom of life and it all falls into place. So even when we discern and obey God's will and we obey it, opposition is a reality. There is a real enemy out there and he will try to hinder every sincere advance of faith. Number three, we'll find out that the enemy doesn't quit after one setback. Old slew can show up and you can take your stand and you can believe God and watch God come through for you, but hang on. Even like Jesus out in that temptation, the devil left him for a season, for a season. He'll, he might leave us when we resist him, but he'll come back another time, amen? And we gotta get ready for the counterattack. And again, this, this walk is a walk; it's a fight of faith to the very end, to the very end. And we have to have a determination and a resolve. No cooling off and a no turning back attitude. And lastly, number four, um, if you'll choose to respond in faith, we're going to see this through Paul, God will fight your battle and God will bring you through. Amen. If you can learn how to sing in the midnight hour, amen, even when things are dark and the chains are heavy, God will bring you through, amen. You can, you can write that down and don't you ever forget that. All right, I, I meant to go through that, um, but we've we, we got some audio difficulty here, so amen. Let's look at Acts 16, begin with verse 6. And we're just going to read our first point tonight, verses 6 through 10. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word of God in the province of Asia. Notice, kept by who? The Holy Spirit. That word kept, just kind of cut them off. The Spirit of God, cut them off. You think you got a great plan? You think, cut them off. And so here, he's doing his best to obey what he knows, preach the gospel, right? Go to the Gentiles, correct? Go where others haven't gone. Hey, we got it. Can we walk through that one more time? You got everything? Or are we just going by here? Let's look at this. I want you to see these because I know you didn't get them. Um, go through the PowerPoint again, Jimmy. Can we, can we go through the points? Let's try that. No? We're not doing it? All right, forget that. All right, You're got to take my word for it. <laughs> You're going to say it's really, we had it. I really did. It's really, no, okay. All right, let's go. Philippians 16 and verse six. All right. Being kept by the word of God. Verse seven. Now, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Try to go one place to do the will of God, the spirit. Try to go another place. Jesus, the spirit of Jesus would not. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. Verse 9, During the night Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. We said the first thought, the background of the birth of this church at times... It takes effort to discern the will of God. God has a place and God has a pace and God has a will and God has a way and God has a procedure. Now here Paul is a man of God. He's an apostle. He saw him that God used mightily and he's on a second missionary journey. So is that the first time he's trying this? And it was not easy for him to find God's leading. Does that comfort anyone in the house? Amen. Does that make anyone feel a little better that even these wonderful men of God like Paul? Sometimes it wasn't just an automatic thing to know God's will that they actually had to sometimes pick and choose and have God close doors and step back and reevaluate. Only the liar says he gets it every time. Amen. And the rest of us that watch him say, yeah, they're, they're fooling themselves. <laughs> right? But we know we know from life that mistakes are costly. So it, it's of great importance that we learn to be led of the Lord. It's of great importance that we learn to be led of the Lord. Paul attempts to preach the word in the Roman province of Asia, but the Holy Spirit kept him from doing so. Man, that doesn't make sense. Let's regroup. He tried to preach the gospel in Bithynia and the spirit of Jesus. Wouldn't allow him to. This doesn't make sense. I'm called to preach. Finally, in a vision, a man from Macedonia stands and calls and begs, come and help us. And after that, Paul concludes, all right, that's where we're going to go. So we understand that not even a seasoned apostle like Paul, it's not always easy and quick to determine God's will. But Paul is such a man of God. What I like about Paul, he was sensitive enough to the Spirit of God that he could, be, he could tell the difference between no and yes. Some people confuse faith for stubbornness. Faith is not stubbornness. Faith is in the will of God. Stubbornness is you want to do your own thing. And I want you to see now, we've got to get into the story. Paul could have justified. Paul, I'm called to be an apostle to Gentiles. I'm called to go to where others haven't gone. I'm called to preach. He is doing all those things with a sincere heart. And we don't know exactly how the door got closed. Uh, maybe he just didn't have a peace, I don't know, maybe there was a prophetic word, maybe there's just something that's just, you know, God just made something halt him, but we don't know, it doesn't tell us. But all we do know is Paul was sense enough, enough to recognize God's closing that door. And if God's closing the door, I'm not gonna try to dynamite it open. If God is closing that door, you know, someone might come along and say, come on, Paul, just believe God. You've gotta know the voice of God. You're never going to know the voice of God if you don't spend time with God. That's why we said from the beginning, most of y'all were here on Sunday, and when Paul Paul was talking about um, um, this this one thing I do, I don't consider myself having arrived yet, but what do I do? I forget what's behind and I press forward. And we said that Paul was trying to lay hold of that which Christ took hold of him. God lays hold of your life for a purpose, but it's your response to that that will determine if you enter into that purpose. Just because someone is saved and there's a calling and God Almighty has a purpose, doesn't mean you're entering into it. I said to say that many do not because there has to be a response and a responsibility on our end. Like Paul said to respond to it. So here again, we recognize the door isn't open. Paul could have just tried to say, well, I'm going through. But he was humble enough and sensitive enough knowing God's voice to stand back. So all right, that must not be it. Let's try again. The second time, now Paul's a great apostle. You know, most of us, we, we're too proud to say I missed it twice in a row. Now, what's someone going to think? What's someone going to think? What, you know what they would do in today's church? They'd make up a word about it. I see this all the time now. God said this, don't worry. Well, God said that. Please, don't, don't, don't blame God for your mistakes. I thought this was the way to go. Obviously, God showed me it wasn't. So I'm backing up. And I'm gonna wait to go. I thought this and that's all right. We sing one of the songs tonight, or at least one of the songs was from the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And and, and Pastor Simbola, one one of the things he'll often say is, You'd be you'd be surprised what a pinch of humility he'll do for you. Just a pinch of humility. He says, People come into my office and they say, The Lord told me, he says then no, what are you doing here? I can't trump God. If God told you, don't, don't bother me do me, I'm I'm nobody. You know, if God told you, who am I? I I can't overrule God, right? I mean, hey, hey. But if you come in with a pinch of humility, I think maybe the Lord's leading me in this way. What do you think, pastor? Would you pray with me about that? What's your feeling about this? I'd I'd like your insight. Oh, that's different then, isn't it? Isn't that different? A pinch of humility will save all of us from a whole lot of heartache and frustration. And I like this about Paul. I'm admiring this about Paul. That he wasn't too proud a second time. I mean, after a while, his group must have been saying, man, this guy, Paul, I thought we were getting on board with some spiritual giant. He can't even know his left from his right. Can you imagine that? But Paul, humble enough, said, so you know what? If it's not God, you, you, can, you can laugh at me, but I don't want to go if it's not God. Amen? So we're going to back up. And then finally, they get the vision. And he gets some clarity. So Paul was sensitive enough to the spirit of God that he could tell the difference between a no and a yes when when it came to discerning God's will and he was obedient enough to respond to both of them. Sensitive enough to recognize the will of God and then obedient enough to do the will of God. Whether it means stopping or whether it means going. So here's a lesson for all of us in this story. We, we have to be sure not to let or watch out for impatience, frustration, feelings of desperation that cause us to act rashly or ignore the warnings of the Spirit or clear principles of the Word. Amen? Clear principles. It's easy for the loophole people to say, Well, there's not a thou shalt not. Forget the thou shalt nots. That's elementary school. We're not writing in pencil anymore, the thou shalt nots, amen? That, that you're still writing in pencil. Thou shalt not. that's easy. Everyone knows. You don't steal, kill, right? You don't, you don't go to another man's wife. I mean, most of us knew that before you got saved. I mean, a lot of these like, no, no, no. We're talking about maturity here. Where we're trying to be led to the Spirit. You see, and then I, principles, principles. Well, there's not a scripture. Hey, ever hear about the principle um, having our mouths ruled with the law of kindness? How's that one? Uh, uh, but it was true what I said, your, your spirit stunk. And you know it, and don't try to justify it. Because the principle of Scripture talks about the rule of kindness. The scripture talks about how, how, how we prefer others, and how we humble ourselves before others, and how we consider others. There's a lot of principles, you see what I mean? And when we start being led of the Spirit, it's not just looking for the black and whites, but that's our flesh loopholes. But we understand the principles, a key way to be led of the Spirit. We ignore principles. Sometimes the carnal impulses or the human emotion rejects and resists the waiting. We hate to wait. We don't like to wait. Um, You know, the drive-thru, not fast enough. Microwave popcorn don't pop quick enough. We don't like to wait. We're impulsive. That's why you change a word every time. God gave me a word. What happened to the word? Well, it didn't come to pass in a week and I'm bored. So I got to get a new word. And, and anyone half honest that's around say, come on, come on, get with it already. Amen? You got God, God's, not, God's not schizo. Come on now. Isn't that right? But we don't like to wait. We don't like to, because in the waiting, God works. And sometimes that working is not just in the situation. He does that, but it's a working in me. See, it's in the waiting he digs deep in me. And that's why I don't like to wait. I don't want him working on me. I want him to give me the answer out there. I want him to open that door. I want him to give me that blessing. And God says, well, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. But first, first. I don't want but first. I want the answer. I want it now. And I don't want to look bad getting it. We don't like to wait, so either we'll try to break down a closed door, make up a word, anything but wait, anything but wait. But impatience, impatience. Instead of learning how to be led of the Spirit, which sometimes means pausing and going back and waiting, recalibrating, pausing, waiting, finally getting the clarity and moving. Amen? Instead of doing that, we get impatient. And we can be very anointed, we can be very called. We can be very gifted. Has anyone ever heard of King Saul? Paul named, Paul Saul, named after King Saul. Everybody remember King Saul? It was his impatience that got in a lot of trouble, amen? He, he didn't obey the word. He couldn't wait on the prophet. He did things in his own hands he wasn't supposed to do. And then because of his impatience and rashness, what happened? He tried to justify and make an excuse for not being willing to wait. For God's word and God's timing. Israel was a called nation. A peculiar, treasured nation. The Bible says they grew impatient along the way. And they began to grumble. You know, sometimes when we don't learn to wait on God. When we haven't learned to be led of the spirit, which means abiding, not just the plan of God, but the pace of God. And sometimes that means just sit and let God work. And when I can't do that, like Israel, they began to grumble. Remember that? They grumbled. They grew impatient along the way. And they grumbled. But they did not like the way God was leading them or the way God was providing for them. When I don't like the way God leads or provides them, I can tend to grumble if I'm not crucifying that old nature. And this is what happens. This is what happens now. Most of we need to get good repentance back in the church. Anybody? God is so full of mercy, the problem is we don't seem to confess sin like we used to. We like to justify everything instead of just saying, I blew it. I want God to forgive me. I zigged when I should have zagged. I was unkind and what I said was uncalled for. I'm not going to try to make it sound holy. It wasn't holy. It was fleshly. And learn how to say, Lord, forgive me and get a cleansing but instead we just do our thing and then we try to rationalize and then justify. We rationalize it in our own brain and then we justify it before men. Y'all remember the story of that farmer? Pastor had a farmer in the congregation. He went out to visit him. Farmer was out in the fields doing the hay or whatever farmers do out in the fields and um, and so the, the preacher was waiting while someone to the farmer. And he noticed on the side of that barn, there was about 10 or 12 perfect bullseyes. You know the archery deal? Boom, perfect, perfect. Every one of them, perfect. He's saying to himself, man, I didn't know this guy was such an archer. So the farmer finally comes in from the field and, hey, Brother Farmer. Hey, Brother Pastor. Um, how are you? I'm doing good. He said, hey, by the way, I was noticing the side of your barn. Man, I didn't know you were so good with a bow and arrow. Every one a bullseye. And the farmer says, Oh, that's easy, preach. I shoot the arrow first, then I draw the circle. <laughs> How many saints? We just do what we felt like doing, and then we draw the circle. We, we, we just do what our impatience says, do it. We just do what our frustration is, do it. And then we've got to rationalize and justify. Oh, come on, somebody. It does us good when we say, Lord, I blew it. Lord, I was ugly. Lord, I was snotty. Forgive me. I'm sorry. Help me do better next time. Can you say amen? amen. And here we're learning it takes effort at times to discern God's will. because is not always easy. And this is from a, a man of God, an apostle. And if he struggled at times, you know, as part, we're gonna sometimes those things are gonna happen. The place, the pace, the procedure, the will, the way, the waitings. Some can't sit still. Others we need a crane to get them going. I mean, I'm telling you, we hit everything, don't we? It's our human nature. Now, again, what the Bible, what what is clearly Bible is easy. We we just an act of our will. God says, don't get drunk. Don't rob from your neighbor. Don't kill, don't covet. Those are easy, amen? That's as simple as an act of your will. I'm going to obey. Now, other things are a little different. Do I preach there or don't I preach there? Should I I go into that investment or should I not go into that investment? Should I try for that promotion? So so other things, again, we wish we could go find a clear, here it is, but it's not there. Okay, all right, that's where we're getting at now. Other decisions, I need to know how to be led of God. And we, we can take a whole series on this. The Bible talks about having a peace or the lack thereof. Sometimes it's not a clear word, but there's no peace in it. There's no peace in it. A lot of times, I can't find, someone's giving me a loophole, but the principle goes against it. You see, God not only judges what I do, he judges how I do it. He cares how I do it. Amen? The whole Beatitudes. There's a whole lot of... <laughs> so what we're going to look at here under Roman number one, at times it takes effort to discern God's will. Number one, we're going to look at, let's recognize God's desire to lead us. Let's get that down. Let's recognize it is God's will to lead his people. And that if we will take the time to wait on God, to get to be acquainted with the voice and spirit of God, You and I, though, we're never going to be perfect on this side of eternity. Trust me, our batting average can get a whole lot better. And we can keep ourselves from a lot of unnecessary setbacks and heartaches. Come on, say amen. Again, if Paul's Paul's struggling at times, that's just part of it. But we can certainly do a lot better if we learn to wait on God, if we learn to be acquainted with the voice of God. If you never hear the voice of God, if you never know the, the, the moving of God, it's very hard to get acquainted with the leading of the Lord. Isn't that true? If all the lights went off, I like to say that all the lights went off and you can't say it, pitch dark, and uh, everyone called out my name, there's one voice I would know. Everyone, you, all mix, all, you mix you all up, and there's one voice, boom, I know right where she is, I know that voice. That voice and I have been tight for 30 plus years. I know that voice. I know that voice. You call me at one in the morning and you wake me up and part of me is trying to wake up. The other part of me is trying to say, who is this? What is this? Is this a dream? Amen. It might take me a little while to recognize who I'm talking to. But anytime. When you get acquainted with a voice, you know that voice. But you don't get acquainted with a voice without spending time with that voice. We don't spend time in the word. We don't, get, we don't spend time in prayer. We don't spend time, God lead me. It's not just something that we get so much imparted to us. It's something that we develop as we grow in God. Amen? So we're gonna, let's recognize God's desire to lead us. Secondly, I must be willing to seek and wait on God. I've got to be willing to seek the Lord if I want to be led of the Lord. And to be able to wait on God. Now we know, we've studied, studied in the past, waiting is not just twiddling my thumbs. Waiting on God doesn't mean inactivity. It means seeking God and maybe getting some godly counsel and looking to the word of God, amen? And, but we're not just waiting for God. I'd be willing to seek and wait on God. Number three, we can work harder or smarter. I'm going to put that in there towards the end. We won't get that. You can work, how many know you can work harder or you can work smarter? You know you can create an atmosphere, to receive things amen it's true all right george treat her snotty on the way home and see if she gets you a kiss on the cheek when you get in the all right give you a slug you can create an atmosphere isn't that true you, you can't act snotty and expect you can't you, you you can you can you can come in late to work all the time talk behind the boss's back and then when it comes time to promotion you, you wonder why you're in the bottom of the list you, you, There' there's certain things in the things of the spirit there are certain things that attract God, certain things that make God draw near. There are certain things that demand that we quiet ourselves and stop the clutter so I can hear. There are certain things. If you're going to worship God, very hard to worship God and have anger in your heart against your brother. Hard thing to do. Isn't that hard to do? Pretty hard, isn't it? Right. You can come in, put me on the prayer request. Please pray for me. I'm desperate. Life is falling apart. But if you're going to seek God, very hard to get on your face and hold up your hands when when you've just cussed out the paper boy or you've just acted rude to some unbeliever that's barely getting minimum wage to check you out somewhere and you've known God for 50 years. Come on. Work with me. Work with me. Yeah. But, But when you learn how to worship and minister to the Lord, it keeps us pure, and it keeps us uncluttered. It gets the spiritual wax out. It makes it a whole lot easier to hear the voice and to distinguish, is that me? Is that you? Is okay. And then lastly, under this first Roman numeral, remember, we, we learn principles, and we get more acquainted with God's leading, but being led of the Spirit is something fresh, not scripted just because it worked one time that way hang on god might have another plan the next time amen i mean David david was a pretty good guy and he beat that same enemy and he getting ready pretty much right after same time same enemy and god says hang on different strategy and if he hadn't sought god if he would have just thought "Well, oh, that's the way god does it every time and he didn't know i gotta seek the lord he thought i got a different strategy didn't he This this is not just, all right. So let's recognize, let's recognize God's desire to lead us. Let's recognize Psalms 32, verses 8 and 9. Psalm 32, verses 8 and 9. God wants to lead you. God wants to guide you. He wants to help you in your decisions. You have decisions to make. God wants to help you make the right decision. Amen. I mean, isn't it easier making the right decision, the right time, than having, oh, Lord, have mercy. Amen. We've all, we've all, but listen, God, God desires to lead us. He's willing, God's willing. You know God is willing to confide in you? Do you know God is willing to disclose his secrets to you? Hey, we all want to know the secrets, amen? We want to know what's going on, God says. If you learn to walk with me, I'll, I'll share my covenant with you. Wow! I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. Woo! Now, if God told me that, and God has told us that, wouldn't it make a whole lot of sense? I'm going to seek Him when decision making time comes. Amen. And before I sign on the dotted line, you know what I mean? I'm not just going to be moved by my emotion. I'm not going to be my pre-agenda, right? Pre- no, no, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek God with a, a yielded heart, an open ear. This Lord, you know everything. And you said you're going to lead me. I want to hear what you got to say. Isn't that right? I mean, when I listen to this guy, I listen to that guy. And there's a place for counsel from others. But man, above all, I want God's counsel. All right. I will instruct you and I will teach you And the way. God says, here's my promise. Here's my will. I want to lead you. God says, I'm going to counsel you, and I'm going to watch over you, not just watch you fall off the cliff. I'm going to watch you as I guide you. I'm going to steer you. But God says, listen, I require something of you. Don't be like the horse or the mule that have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they won't come to you. Think about that. Now God just told us it's my desire to lead you. But God says, now listen, if you want to be led, you, you, you got to be leadable. You know, you got to be teachable. You got to be pliable. What's to say here? Pliable, teachable, and willing. What's this? Not like a horse. Well, horses tend to run ahead. Be impatient. God says, I will instruct you, but you can't be running ahead. I don't want to be pulling you back every day. But then again, you can't be like that mule either. God says when it's time to walk, I want you to walk. Can't be like that stubborn mule, just won't budge. Instead, be like a son, be like a daughter who hears my voice, listens, obeys, is teachable. God, desire, God has promised to lead us, but He requires some things of us to be leadable. Okay, to so to be able to make the decisions wisely, God will share His wisdom. God will share His guidance. But there's something I do on my side to receive from God. We want to pray. What's the old saying? Uh, measure, measure, measure twice, and cut once. Amen. Isn't that right? You are better all praying a lot more than before you make the decision. Than making a poor decision. And you got really got to pray. <laughs> Go, if you would, Psalm 25, Psalm 25. Hallelujah. But God says, I will instruct you. God says, God just gave you a promise. He'll instruct you and teach you. But he requires, if you're going to be led of God, if you're going to hear God, if you're going to be sensitive enough to be led of the Lord, can't be like that horse. always just running around, hang on. Before you run, get the will of God. and can't be like the mule. When God says, it's going, put this thing away and get going. I love this. We're going to say, show me, teach me, lead me. I want you to remember that. Show me, teach me, lead me. Show me your ways. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? Lord, show me, teach me, lead me. Amen? I mean, life is complicated. Life has things we don't expect. we got tornadoes. We don't didn't hear see that coming. But God, I want to make sure you're leading and guiding and and teach me, lead me in your truth. Teach me, teach me, Lord. For you are the God of my salvation. On you, I wait all the day. I'm going to wait. And that's the way I say, Lord, you lead me. You teach me. You guide me. Amen? What are you doing? You're positioning yourself to be led. You're humbling yourself. God exalts the humble, doesn't he? And by coming before the Lord, you're putting yourself in a place where God can easily lead you and guide And what else you're doing if you're humbling your heart and approaching God like this, then even if you begin to get off kilter, he can guide you, see what I mean? If you're yielded. You're not stubborn. You're not, oh, this is what I'm going to do. You're not, no, 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 no. You, you're, you're pliable. So even if you begin to go off a little bit, God can redirect you. Have you ever started doing something you felt was God and you were in the ballpark, but you weren't, and God would direct you. God would begin to fine tune you. God would begin to navigate just like that. And he was able to, because it was a yielded spirit. He was able to because you weren't just adamant about, this is what I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to do it, bless God, you know. Those next verses we had up there, what's the next one? 9 and 10, 9 and 10. Now, notice this, we want God to guide us. The humble, he guides in justice. The humble, he teaches his way. So again, when I seek the Lord, Lord, I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to, Lord, I don't know my left from my right. Lord, I really don't. I think I know a lot, but in all honesty, I. so Lord, I just got to admit it. I need your guidance. Help me, Lord. Keep me from making a dumb mistake. I'm just going to humble myself and confess, Lord, I need you. Verse 10. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to lead you. You keep obeying me. You keep walking with me. Now look at these next two verses. Verses 12 and 14. Verses 12 and 14. Because we want to recognize God desires to lead us. God's willing to lead us. And I love these promises. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. Wow. Look at this next one. The secret of the Lord is with those that fear him. And he will show them his covenant wow there is some reward in walking humbly and fearing god is there not there is great reward in fearing god the person that just does their own thing all the time that doesn't fear that's not a fear of the lord amen that's actually an ignoring of god that that is just like i don't need god but look the secret of the lord Uh, one, one translation the lord confides in those wouldn't you like to have the lord confiding in you Not only do we just get by with the skin of our teeth because, oh, I got out of that jam. No, no, no. God will actually give us wisdom beyond. The secret of the Lord, the Lord confides in those that fear Him, As we reverence God and fear the Lord. And He will show them His covenant. Isn't that wonderful? God will make known to you His covenant, His riches, and His blessing. Let's recognize God desires to lead us. God desires to lead us. He wants us... um, Take us into his confidence. Isn't that beautiful? God is willing to take us into his confidence. I like that. Man, I I like that. I want to be in the end with God. Anybody? I want to be in the end with God. Wow. Wow. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. All right. Now, secondly, secondly, I must. All right. I'm recognizing God desires to lead me. Okay. So I can cut down on a lot of mistakes. I can keep myself from doing a lot of foolish things or, or doing, digging a lot of holes that take me a year and a half to get out of. I can, I can do that. How am I gonna do that? Number two, I, I must be willing to seek and wait wait on God. Like we said, it's easy the thou shalt not. It's easy to clear things in scripture, amen? Sunday's the Lord's They get to God's house every time, show up, boom. I mean, there's nothing complicated about that. You know, some, it's not complicated, it's not complicated. We're talking about making decisions. We're talking about being led of the Spirit. We're talking about things that really take us into a whole new place of walking with God. And I must be willing to seek and wait on God. Jesus did. One time he had to pray all night through to choose his disciples. He sought God, the Father, before he made decisions. Hebrews 6 and 12. Hebrews 6 and 12. Because it takes effort at times to discern God's will. It takes effort at times. So we recognize God will lead us. God wants to lead us. But I have to be willing to seek and wait, wait on God. Amen? I have to be able to seek and wait on God. Here, um, we do not want you to become lazy. Here it is, Hebrews 6 and 12. Hebrews 6 and 12. We do not want you to be slothful or lazy. So Christians can be slothful or lazy. Amen? Or they wouldn't have said, I don't want you to be. All right? So we, we, the Bible said to us that Christians can be we're lazy. We don't read our Bibles. Amen? We're very, very lazy. We don't have a devotional time. Very, very lazy. And, and then when we need to know God, we found out, I don't know God. We don't spend time with God. We do not want to be lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what's been promised. Listen, um, the patience of waiting and the effort of acknowledging. Remember that. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to wait on God. I'm going to learn to hear the voice of God be led by the Spirit of God. I have to practice the patience of waiting for direction in the effort of acknowledging God in my decision-making process. Say that again. The patience of waiting for direction and the effort of acknowledging God in my decision-making process. You know, James wrote in that third chapter, I believe, to some Christian businessmen. And and he he chastised them. He said, but you go out making your plans. Today we're going to do this. We're going to go there and make money. We're going to go there and set up a store. And he says, hang on. You don't know what tomorrow brings. Your life is like a vapor. And I think it was, I don't know, John MacArthur, someone, they used the phrase, they, they were like, um, they were like oh, what's, that, what's that word? Practical atheist. Though they were Christians, they lived like practical atheists. Though they were Christians, they didn't live like Christians. Because they never sought God for direction. They just did their own thing as if God had no right to speak to them and guide them or have an input in their life. So I need to have patience enough to wait for direction. And again, sometimes we get impatient. But I also have to have the effort of acknowledging God by praying through and getting the clarity. Here's one of our favorite, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And this is a very familiar verse, but I want to break it down. Trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not on our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledge Him. But I'm going to on that. Acknowledge Him. I'm going to acknowledge his rule. How about that? Let's start out by acknowledging his headship over my life. I don't get to make every choice. I belong to him. I don't get to do whatever, but I belong to him. we talk talking about uh, in all of our ways, I'm going to, Lord, I belong to you. So I'm going to make this decision. I, I, I've got to commit it. I've got to submit it to you. Because I'm not my own. So Lord, first of all, I'm acknowledging you're my God. Jesus, you're my Lord. You're my headship. I'm acknowledging your rule over my life by seeking you. I'm also acknowledging your omniscience or your great wisdom because by seeking you, I'm no dumb. I might look dumb, but I'm not that dumb. You're the almighty. You know everything. So it just behooves me to seek the one that knows the end from the beginning, what is to come, what could have came, what should have come. I'm going to seek you, Lord. You know every pothole. You know every um, bridge out. You know you know it all. Lord, I'm going to seek you. That's, I'm, I'm acknowledging your wisdom. And I'm going to acknowledge, Lord, I'm acknowledging your love. Because I know you love me. And therefore, it only makes sense that I should be led of you and ask you to lead me because you have your, my best interest in mind. So well, we to acknowledge God. Who God, Huh? here I am. I'm doing my own thing. No, no, no. I acknowledge God. I'm saying, Lord, number one, I belong to you. You're my Lord. You're my head. I don't get to do what I want. But secondly, I'm going to acknowledge that you're all wise. And you know everything. You know things I can't see. Have you ever seen something that looks so good? Oh, I mean, it looks so good. This had to be God. And something, something, thank the Lord messed up that thing and then some months go by and you say oh my goodness I never saw that I never would have imagined that and God said I saw it I see the end from the beginning that's why it makes sense to seek me because I'm all wise you know what I mean I know what they're thinking I know what they're plotting listen I know what's coming down the road God says I know so if you'll seek me Acknowledging your headship and I'm acknowledging your wisdom, I'm acknowledging your love. One of the verses that has helped me so much in the year, especially when I was younger, is simply when Jesus said, Listen, if you all have earthly fathers that, you know, they loved you, but they were just men, you know, they were just men, and, and, and if you ask them for a loaf of bread, would they give you a stone? Of course not. If you give them a fish, would they give you a snake? No. How many times the Lord said, You know what? If your earthly father, wouldn't mess with you, you think I will? If your earthly father would never play with you, you think I will? Son, I'll take care of you. You can trust me. So when I'm going to acknowledge the Lord, I need to have the patience to seek God and to wait on God. But I have to have the will to acknowledge God and put God in my decision-making process. When I acknowledge God, I recognize, God, you're in charge. I belong to you. I'm your son and I'm your servant. You're the boss. I'm going to follow your lead. But I'm also going to acknowledge you're all wise. And men can give me some advice, but you know everything, Lord. I can see what I can see and I can check out what I can check out with God. You know everything, amen? amen. And many times I thought, why, why did you stop that, Lord? Lord, it looked like such a good thing. And then you find out, so, oh, Lord. And Lord, I'm going to acknowledge that you love me. You love me. You love me too much to lead me in a wrong way. So I'm going to seek you. I'm going to seek you. 1 Samuel 3, 7 through 10. 1 Samuel 3, 7 through 10. And I'm going to have to finish up here, but I want to get this in. I must be willing to seek and wait on God. Now, now here we go. There is a part of being led of the Lord that we, we develop our ability to be led of God. When, when we're young, we start by reading the Bible, because most of the time when God speaks to your heart, he's just gonna remind you of a scripture. He's gonna remind you of a promise. He's gonna remind you, of, that's simply how it works, amen? Um, the Holy Spirit wrote the written word. So when you first start learning to be led of God, he's typically gonna go remind you of a scripture. Now, Jesus said he'll bring to your remembrance. Now, if you don't put it in the remembrance, he can't bring it to your remembrance. Amen? Makes sense, right? If you don't know the book, you can't be. But also, your time in prayer, your time in communion, your time in staying filled with the Spirit, that helps you get acquainted with that voice, acquainted with that presence. That teaches you how to quiet yourself and be led of the Lord. But what we learn here is that learning to be led of God is not something that we're just, boom, born with. It takes time developing it like anything else. And here's a great example. The prophet Samuel was one of the mightiest prophets in the entire word of God. The Bible says that not one of his words fell to the ground. I mean, when Samuel spoke it, it came to pass. Amen? You yeah, wasn't one of these guys batting 250 you know what i mean yeah i mean yeah. once in a while they hit it and they think they're a prophet the other three times they push it under the rug because you know no 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 when samuel spoke but what we noticed when sam was a young boy the bible says he didn't quite know how to hear from god yet and again another thing encourages me because we can learn how to hear better we can learn how to recognize the voice of god better folks i'm telling you, this keep you from mistakes keep you from marrying the wrong person Keep you from walking the wrong move. Keep you from, oh, I'm just telling you, we can be led of God. I'm saying we can be led of God. It keeps us from a lot of heartache if we allow it to. It, it can tell you when to go and when not to go. It can help you distinguish or just, um, differentiate what, what is just an emotional yay. You always got to watch, either extreme. Either I'm extremely pumped, dangerous to make a decision, extremely down in the dumps, dangerous to make an extreme. Hey, watch that commercial. Oh, I'm going to give all my money because it made me sad. I saw everyone hungry. Boom. Or the other side, whoo, I'm excited. I signed up for everything. And then tomorrow I don't want to sign up for nothing. No, 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 no. You see, we can't be moved by all this emotion. We have to be moved by the Spirit of God. Makes a difference. Now Samuel... Did not yet know the Lord. Or he didn't know the word of the Lord. He didn't know God's voice. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Let's see what happens. Little boy sleeping in the tabernacle. He's a miracle boy. Remember, Samuel's a miracle boy. What a story. But now, Samuel is being raised with the, under the bachelor and priest Eli and the bachelor and son. You can be in a horrible circumstance, still stay pure and still stay strong. That's a, another sermon here, but I just—that's the Lord called Samuel a third time. Now, now, the Lord called the boy Samuel. Samuel, he thought it was the priest. He gets up. Well, what do you want, sir? What do you want? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. All right, go back to bed. Samuel, Samuel, priest, priest. What, what do you want? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Finally, the priest said, "All oh, son." that priest used to remember he remembered what the voice used to hear like he don't hear the voice no more he's backslid amen some people used to hear god they don't hear him no more they're, they're not where they need to be hallelujah glory to god um and he says now next time son third time call samuel samuel got up went to eli here i am uh, you called me and eli realized finally the lord was talking to the boy God was talking to Samuel, and Samuel did not yet recognize the voice of the Lord. I'll never forget um, the very first time I prophesied tongues and interpretation. Remember some months ago Pastor Allen and his wife Mary were with us from Cleveland. And we used to drive home from school together. Mary was on staff, and Al and I would drive home from college. And then, we, pastor of each of us come up and greet the people from Bible College, and so us three were up there. And all, all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord fell on the congregation. Remember how it used to be, right? In the middle, of, middle of announcement, the Spirit of the Lord would fall. It's old Pentecost. I mean, just you know, they just went with it, amen. And, and all of a sudden, we got all. And there's a word out there, waiting for someone. Standing there, Mary's next to me. Alan's over here, and she just whispers in my ear, "The word of the Lord is near thee. It's in your mouth." That's the faintest idea. It is. I'm thinking to myself, it is. So I just, I just got quiet. Hey, I'm 18, 19, whatever I am. It is really could have fooled me. So I just kind of got quiet, and I just, I'm just praying the spirit gently. Then all of a sudden, like a volcano. Well, I all rush. I mean, it just you know, blew through this roof, and they would have heard me down at you know, second Presbyterian down the street. Um, and then you know what happens after you go forth with tongues for the first time? You know what happens? You know the next thing you do, you start praying your heart. Oh God, let someone answer it! Oh God, let someone! Enter it. Oh God, let someone interpret it, please, Lord, please! let someone interpret it. You forget what it was the first time you went forth in tongues. You're like you're sweating. Oh God, it was Sunday, morning, Lord. And lo and behold, oh, God bless Sister Veach. She's with the <laughs> Lord now. Sister Veach on the first row, and she brought forth a beautiful interpretation. I was sweating. I mean, I just, I was dripping. I mean, and it was, whew. I didn't even, but here, here, the word of the Lord is in me in a strong measure, and I did recognize it. I didn't recognize it. The Samuel's gonna be one of the greatest prophets. This tells us that we can develop a hearing ear. We can develop the ability to be led of the spirit. If we're willing to wait on God and allow God to work in us and have faith and have faith, we can go forward in these things. That next verse. So Eli told Samuel, you go and lie down. And if he calls you, you say, now here's my response to the word of God. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Your servant is listening. I didn't come to tell you what to do, God. I came as a servant so you could tell me what to do. I'm listening to receive. So Samuel went down and he laid down in his place. And the Lord came and he stood there, calling as he had at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, Speak for your servant listens. There's a humbleness, there's a yieldedness, there's a brokenness, there's a submission. That's a good way to come into a service. We empty ourselves. Say, Lord, when it comes time to sing, I'm going to give you my best, but Lord, I'm just going to empty myself. And if you want to use me to prophesy, if you want to use me to speak forth, Lord, flow through me. I want to get me out of here. Did I give you any more verses in 1 Samuel? If I did toss them up, we'll see how this thing, yeah, this is the end of the story now. And the Lord, and this is how it starts. So this young man, God speaks to him twice, three times. He didn't even know it was God. But he learned, amen? You can learn how to be led of the Spirit. You can learn how to hear the voice of God. You can learn how to make wise decisions. We'll have to seek God. We'll have to learn how to wait on God. We'll have to learn to submit to the timings of God. But we can grow. And so the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And look at this. And he let none of his words fall to the ground. That's pretty good, isn't it? Especially when he started out, I didn't know this this guy talking to me. So no matter where you're at, don't be discouraged. Just say, Lord, I want to walk with you, Lord. Lord, I want to be led of the Spirit. Teach me how, Lord, how just to humble myself and open my ears. Don't be afraid of God speaking something you don't want to hear. If it's God, you can acknowledge his love. It's going to be all right. Amen? If it's the Lord, that's all right. He's a good father. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. I mean, but here he starts out. He doesn't even know it's God. What's that next one? And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word but he started out not even knowing what God's voice sounded like, amen? So you can start out, but if you'll stay humble. Lord, I'm your servant, speak. God says, I'll teach you my word. I'll let you get acquainted with my voice. There'll be times of testing. Because that first time word he got was a strong word. And when the priest comes back and says, son, what'd the Lord say? He didn't want to tell him. You better tell me, you better tell me. And the little boy had to look at that priest and say, God's pretty much counted your ministry and it's over because he's not pleased with you. <laughs> he's just, he pretty much, he gave us it was a strong word. And so, you know, God, God will test us through But if we, Lord, I am willing to seek you. I'm willing to wait on you. I'm learning, I'm gonna start reading that book consistently, praying consistently. And when it comes time to make a decision, Lord, I'm gonna lay aside these preconceived ideas. And I'm going to say, Lord, whatever you want, you just make it known to me. And if you have that attitude and that heart, God will begin to reveal his word. You'll begin to recognize the peace or lack thereof of the spirit. You'll begin to be sensitive to the proddings of the spirit and be able to distinguish what's me and what's the spirit. And Lord knows we all need that. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that it is your will to lead us, that you will guide us and you will direct us, but we recognize it does at time take effort to be led of the Spirit, to know your will. Lord, help us never to be too proud, never to be too lazy, but help us to be men and women that will wait on you if we don't know which way to go. Men and women that will back up, If we begin to move, we found out it's it's not the right move. Men and women, that'll seek you and acknowledge you and give our ears to hear your voice. Father, teach us how to be led. Teach us how to be more accurate in the steps we take and in the decisions we make. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. God bless you. Have a great night. Don't forget the offering plates are in the back.